Hello and good evening, everyone. Good evening to Redeemed family and welcome to the Friends of Redeemed Assembly. Before we get started tonight, I would like to give a shout out. And that shout out is actually to the Redeemed family. And um, I just thought I'd take a moment and bear witness to the type of family we have at Redeemed. I've been a member of Redeemed since 1997. It's a long time. Um, but I tell you, where, while we're not perfect people at Redeemed, we are a beautiful people. And my mind was just going back and ruminating on how it took the entire Redeemed family to help my husband and I raise our children. And I just thought about some of the milestones in my life when loved ones passed away or when we had celebrations. The Redeemed, of fam Redeemed family was right there with us. The other thing that made me think about that was just how I recently witnessed some of the deacons and baptizers of Redeemed Assembly, the patience and love that they exemplified, how they allowed their light to shine and represented not only Redeemed Assembly, uh, not only our pastor, James F. Harris, but certainly our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ very well. And I just want to give a shout out to the people of Redeemed. You guys are amazing. And I'm so thankful that God saw fit to plant us there at Redeemed Assembly. And with that said, let us um, go ahead and um, turn our attention to our lesson on tonight. I'll start by reading our primary scripture. Again, the subject is give witness to the light. And so I'll read the scripture after that. We'll pray and then we'll dive into the word. Okay. And the primary scripture is John chapter one, Verses six through nine, again, subject line, give witness to the light. And it reads, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for yet another opportunity to come before your people. Father, we surrender ourselves unto you and we ask that you increase on the inside, Lord, that your words may come forth with boldness, authority, clarity, and power, Lord. We know that you're able to meet needs, Lord, far beyond what we even know we have need of. And we exalt your name on tonight, Lord. We ask that you allow the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart to be acceptable in your sight. Lord, we thank you now for what you have done, for what you are doing, and for what you are going to do. And we give your name praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so with that, we're looking at the book of John, and we're talking about giving witness to the light. And we know about this light. What light are we talking about? The Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was in the beginning and who was the word and who was made flesh and who dwelt among us. The one who, according to Psalms 27 and 1, the one who says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The one that James talks about when he says that he is the father of lights. And certainly in John, where Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. This is the light that we're wanting to give witness to. Now, let's take a moment and talk about what a witness is. So we'll look at what a witness is. 
We'll talk about some varying degrees of witnessing, and then we'll talk about what you can expect if you're gonna go forth and give witness to the light. So a witness, to be a witness means to testify, to give evidence, to bear record. It also means to affirm what one has seen or heard or even experienced. To witness can also be to share what you know because it's either been taught by divine revelation or inspiration. And then lastly, to witness means to give a report. Now, when we say give witness to the light, basically what we're saying is we want to bear witness to the things that the Lord has done in our lives. This is why at Redeemed Assembly, we say every seven days there is a miracle. And this is because we tell those so that we can bear witness to the light that is in the world. Now, as we uh, look at witness, let's go and look at a couple of examples of folks who witness in the Bible. I think it's always helpful to go straight to the word and look at what happened there. There is one example of a witness in the book of John, chapter nine, verses one through seven. And this witness was an actual blind man. He was blind from birth. And what we know is that he was blind and he was also a beggar. And he sought out Christ that he might receive his sight. And what we know that what Christ did was at that point, he spat on the ground and he made clay of the spittle and he anointed the man's eyes. And then he told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And the man went his way and he washed and he came back seeing. Now, after he was able to see, he went out and he told people about it. Of course, they could observe that he could see. But some of the Pharisees, and if you're not familiar with the Pharisees, they were a very religious group. And these are people who stood somewhat against the light or Jesus Christ. And so they thought that their way was the only way. And so they started to question this man about his witness. And they asked him, you know, how is it that you are able to see? And the man was explaining that, you know, Jesus had came and he anointed his eyes and sent him to wash and that now he could see. But the Pharisees continued to press him and they went on and say, we know that this man is a sinner. And so what we saw that the man eventually said in verse 25, he answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. But one thing I know that whereas I was blind, now I see. So this is an example of someone who's able to be a witness for what God has done for him. He still doesn't quite understand who all God is. So this is one level of being able to witness. The other thing that we want to make note of is what kept him from saying that he was the Christ in this situation was concerned that he might be thrown out of the synagogue, concerned that people might look at him in a different way. So if you read a little bit more in that text, what you'll find is that both he and his parents knew that Jesus was exemplifying all of the um, benefits of being the Christ. However, they were afraid to say that because they were afraid of how they might be received, of what the Pharisees might do to them, how they may be thrown out of the synagogue, not be allowed to be part of the crowd, may not be seen as hip or cool any longer. And so what we find is that we sometimes can uh, be a witness about one thing, but we won't go all the way or we won't go all in. And we'll talk about that again in a moment. There's another witness that I'd like to draw your attention to. 
This also is in the book of John in chapter four. It's the Samaritan woman. And she was there. She was at the well and she was chatting away with Jesus. And Jesus started to tell her about all that she ever did. And this woman was so intrigued by how Christ knew all about her that she left her bucket. She'd come there to get water, but she left her bucket and she went off and she started to witness. And she said in John 4 and 29, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. And then she went on to say, could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. And so the interesting thing about this person who was witnessing is that she she knew that God was able to see into her, that God was a discerner of hearts and intentions. She understood that. And she went out and she started to share with others. But she still had a question. She said, could this be the Christ? And these are some people in Christendom sometimes that can witness to the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's still a question about who he is and about who he is to us on the inside of us. Let me just take a moment and say here, you know, during these times that we're living in, there are a lot of amazing causes that we are fighting for, that we're pushing for. And many groups are sort of what in common ground about a lot. But there is something you want to be clear about. You want to know where your hope comes from. You want to know that your faith and your belief is in the Lord Jesus Christ, Yahweh. He is the light, the word. You want to be clear about that. So when you're going forth to be a witness, there are a lot of things that can look similar. And we want to be a witness of things, but we want to know this is the Christ. This is the anointed one. This is the Messiah. And let me tell you what he's done for me. There's one other witness that I want to just uh, draw your attention to. And then I'll talk about what we can expect. That person is a former Pharisee. And this is Saul. And it's in the book of Acts chapter 9. And this is where he talks about, you know, his um, Damascus Road experience or his conversion. And then he goes on in Acts chapter 26, where he's now giving witness and testifying about it. And he went on while he was giving witness. And he said, verily, I thought within myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. He's actually saying, let me tell you who I was. Let me make it clear to you. He went on to say, as far as the people, the way, the church, I, many of the saints, I shut them up in prison. He went on to say, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice consenting to what was being done. He said, I punished them often in every synagogue and I compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Now, let me say here, Paul was given witness. He was given witness about a dark area in his life where the light shone in but, and the darkness could not put it out. He was being very vulnerable and very open about who he was and how he needed the Lord Jesus Christ to shine a light on the inside of him. And after that light was shown on the inside of him, he went on and said these words. He said that now what Christ said to me is that I now send thee to open their eyes 
and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. So here we see there's three different types of witnesses. One witness is one who knows that God has done something for them, but they are not quite comfortable confessing the Lord Jesus Christ. There's another witness who's saying, the Lord is intimate with me. He knows all about me, but is he the Christ? And then there's a third witness who's saying, wait a minute, there's been a, uh, there has been an encounter with God in this situation. And because of this encounter, I can be open and vulnerable about who God is to me. And he didn't just do this for me, but he did this so that I could go forth and that I can be the light. Amen. Amen, by the way, means it is so, and so it is, and so it will be. So when we say amen to the word of God, we're giving witness that is true. Amen. And so there are some things you then can expect when you're trying to be the light. We understand that we're walking in the light, that we're going to do whatsoever God says, particularly if we're in a crisis. But we also must understand that if we really are taking up our mantle, if we're bearing our cross, then we must take this commission that says we ought to go forth and give witness to the light. Now, there's some common things about these individuals, these different witnesses that I mentioned before. One thing is that they all had some area of darkness in their life. They all needed Christ to shine the light in their lives. And Christ was able to shine in such a way that the darkness could not put the light out. Now, this is a great time here to say, now, if you do not have any areas of darkness, if you don't have any areas of concern, if there are no things that are going on with you that you don't think are maybe misaligned with the word of God, then this message may not necessarily be for you. But if you know that everything about you is not absolutely perfect, if you know that you're still striving, for the prize of the high calling. If you know that you're doing all you can to live right, but you need, you know you need God to make it the rest of the way, then this message is indeed for you. And these people who gave witness, and by the way, you're also a perfect witness. If you don't know who Jesus is, by the way, he's able and capable of filling you with all understanding and knowledge, with giving you salvation based according to your faith. And so on tonight, again, if you don't know who he is, you can meet him on tonight. So again, something that's similar is that they do have this dark area. And with this dark area that's going on with them, for them, it was, I have this habit. I like sleeping with people. Or I have this deficit I can't see. Or I'm going about things in the wrong way. I think I'm moving in love. I think I'm moving according to the will and the word of God but maybe I'm not. These were their areas. Some of these things that are happening for us today might be, and particularly when I think about the African-American community, I'm passionate about all of God's people, by the way, but there's something about the African-American community. We know that with the African-American community, there's quite a bit going on. The chances of dying before their 25 or 35 young men are 10 times that of their white counterparts. The black females don't get off either. It's five to six times that of their white counterparts. Even with this dreaded COVID-19 virus, there's an, an inordinate amount of chance that blacks or African-Americans would contract and die from this virus at an even greater rate than their white counterparts. So when I talk about this African-American 
African community. We're talking about a community of people that have been oppressed, depressed, suppressed, and everything else that goes along with it. And so sometimes because of the experiences in our lives, what we've had a chance to see and what we've had to endure, that can cause some dark areas. That can cause us to see things differently. That can cause us to be confused about our role and who we are. And as a result of some of that, we may need light. We may need Christ to come in and help us. Many of us who are believers have had Christ to come in and help us. But when I'm challenging you with on tonight, can you give witness to that light? Are you willing to share how God got you right? Are you willing to share how you were on the edge, but God held you close so that you wouldn't let go? Are you willing to share how God was able to shine light in your dark areas? If you're able to do this, then you're able to give witness to the light. And that is what many people need on today. They don't need somebody to just throw a word at them. They need somebody to say, you know what? I understand where you are because I myself was where you are. But the Lord shined his light on the inside of me and he delivered me. And now I'm no longer an addict. Or now I'm no longer a whoremonger. Or now I'm no longer a liar. Or now I'm no longer a cheater. See, when we give witness to the light, that's what that means. That means we are vulnerable and we open ourselves and say, this is who I am. Now, you might see me now and, and I'm being introduced as Dr. Brooks. Praise God, the Lord has done a mighty work and is doing a mighty work in my life. But you didn't know me when I was Jessica Brooks. When I um, was pregnant with my child before I even got married, you didn't know me when I would get up late at night and I'd have to go and get my cigarettes. Back then it was Newport that I smoked when it ruled my spirit instead of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what I'm saying on tonight, many of us either have been delivered from some dark areas are being delivered from some dark areas and dealing with some dark areas. And in order to give witness to the light, we must be willing to share this. We don't want people to see this perfect or seemingly perfect package as if it's all said and done without them understanding. Wait a minute. You don't know my story. You don't know what the Lord has done for me. And so, again, one part of giving witness to the light is we must be willing to share some of those dark areas. We must be willing to open up and help others understand what the Lord has done for us. Now, I'm not saying you have to go and tell everybody you know about every horrible thing you've ever done. In, in therapy, we call it um, therapeutic disclosure. What I am saying is, go back in your memory bank and remember what you were like. Remember who you were before Christ got involved. And I can even say, take note of who you are right now. Because I think we all still need a little bit more grace. Grab a hold of that as we're interacting with one another. And that is how we give witness to the light. That's how we have empathy and compassion for those who are needing the light. Why do we need this empathy and this compassion? Well, in those three examples that I talked about, we were basically talking about folks that most people didn't want to be bothered with. The first man, the blind man, he was a beggar. Nobody wanted to be bothered with him. As a matter of fact, people were not chomping at the bits for him to be a part of their church. But guess who did take the time with him? The Lord Jesus Christ. And what about the woman? She was more or less a harlot. She was a Samaritan. She was someone that the Jews didn't even deal with. They went out of their way to avoid these type of people. But that's who God stopped by to talk to at the well. 
He went out of his way to deal with somebody that most people wouldn't deal with. As a matter of fact, when the disciples walked up and saw him talking to them, they thought, hmm, as if to say, what in the world are you wasting your time with her? And I say that if we're giving witness to the night on tonight, we're not wasting our time when we spend time talking to the children of God. We're not wasting our time when we slow down enough to understand the grace of God and how if it were not for the grace of God, I would be them. I would be where they are. What about Paul? Oh my goodness. He was somebody that was talking about the church or the way, persecuting them, dragging them out, pregnant women and all. Nobody wanted to be dealing with him. And so again, as we're giving witness to the light, I want to just challenge us all. Make sure we're not picking and choosing who we want to witness to. Make sure we're not checking to see who do we think is worthy of knowing who Jesus is. All are worthy. As a matter of fact, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So as we're looking to give witness to the light, we want to, one, make sure that we are open and honest about the dark areas God done delivered us from. If you can't tell nobody about no dark areas that God delivered you from, I ask myself, are you really a believer? Have you really, are you really a witness? Is there anything that you can testify about? Is there any evidence that God has delivered you from something? Can you bear record to the miracle that God has done on the inside of you? Is there any divine revelation that the Lord has given you? Can you give a report of what the Lord has done for you? And that is giving witness to the light. You know, there's something that people can do when we start talking about, you know, various persuasions and our understanding of the scripture. People can say, oh, I interpret it this way. Somebody else can say, I interpret it that way. But one thing is for certain, you cannot tell me what I experienced. That's something that's non-negotiable. We don't have to go back and forth about that. And if we have those experiences, that's giving witness to the light. That's allowing others to understand what God has done in our lives. Amen. That's giving witness to that. Amen. All right. The other thing that I wanted to say that we want to take note of is that they were willing to tell others about their areas of darkness and how Jesus Christ had shined a light in them. That's back to that witness. Revelations 12, 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Wait a minute. We just did communion this past Sunday. What do you mean the blood of the lamb? Because he is touched by every feeling and all of our infirmities. He is our great high priest. He intercedes for us. He takes our sins and took our sins and threw them into the sea of forgetfulness. This is why we then can be a witness, if you will, for the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that it is not based upon our works, but by grace that we have been saved. And it is by faith that not of ourselves, if you will. So that's what we mean by the blood of the lamb. Because of his blood, because of his blood that's been applied to our lives, God has said, I see them white as snow. And by the word of their testimony, and that word of that testimony means them being willing to say, let me tell you what God has done for me. Oh, let me tell you how the Lord has delivered me. You see me now, but you didn't see me back then. Oh, let me let my mind go back and run a reference of all of the wonderful things that the Lord has done for me. And the Revelations 12, 11 goes on to say, and they love not their lives unto the death. And they love not their lives unto the death. What that means is I can't love myself and my reputation and who I am 
and who I want people to think I am, so much so that I can't acknowledge the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. And I don't have a more powerful testimony than what God has done in my life. See, it's authenticated. I can repeat your testimony and I can be encouraged by your testimony, but it's something about me telling it for myself. I don't know if you've heard that saying in church, you can't tell it like I tell it. I'm submitting unto you. We got to tell it. That is how we give witness to the light. The last thing that I wanted to say in this area is that when they went forth, these three people who were given witness to the light and they gave witness, what we found was that others were trying to pull them back. They didn't want to let them walk in the light. They wanted to keep them where they were. And so as far as the blind man was concerned, if you go back and look in John and 9 and 8, and you can see that what they were saying is when he was testifying about how all he knows he was blind and now he could see and how the Lord had delivered him, they said to themselves, is not that the one who sat and begged? So I want to say to you, as you go forth and you start giving witness to the light, you start realizing that, you know what, I got to tell somebody what the Lord has done for me because he has done great things. He's done exploits. When you start doing these things, there are going to be people that are going to say, oh, is, is that Jessica? Is that the one? And as they said about him, is that the one who sat and begged? That's him? Now he's trying to witness to us? Not only that, the Samaritan woman, what they said was, I mean, they came to get, well, she went and told the men, right? <laughs> she went and told the men. And, and she said, then come and see a man that told me all that I ever did. Now, based on what I understand in the scriptures and the history, she had done a lot. And so they were saying, he told you all you did? I got to go see that for myself. If, if he told you all that you did and he kept talking to you, let me go see it for myself. There are some people who maybe will say, mm, I don't know, because I know who you used to be. And then one other one is with Paul. You know, there was Paul and he, he laid it all bare. He says, let me tell you who I was. And he wasn't ashamed of it because he knew that by telling who he actually was, this gave witness to the power of Jesus Christ. He said, only the Lord from glory could knock me off my beast. Only the light, the true and living light could turn my heart around. Only Jesus, the Christ, could give me repentance and remission of my sins for all that I did. And because he's done so much for me, immediately he went forth witnessing and telling. But what we know is that some of the people he preached to in Acts 9 and 21, this is what they said. Is this not he who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for the purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? And in Acts 9 and 26, even when he went and tried to talk to the uh, disciples, they were afraid and did not believe that he 
was a disciple. And so what I want to say unto you as you go forth, particularly in times like this, because I think radical times like this call for radical things. And there are people that are going through. There are people that are downtrodden. There are people who are seeking jobs. There are people that are uh, concerned because they don't know how they're going to provide for their family. There are people who are trying to make their ends meet. And when they look at us, because we have a hope that lies on the inside of us, we're able to still smile. We're able to still say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But we've got to break it down for some of them and say, let me tell you about the hope that lies within me. Let me tell you why I'm still smiling, even in the midst of all of this. Let me tell you about the assurance that dwells on the inside of me. Paul said it this way in Acts 26 and 22. He said, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and to great. Paul says, I'm about, I'm about doing the work of Christ. I'm not about trying to build this huge reputation any longer. He says, I realize that my neighbor's house is on fire and I've been given the water hose to help put it out. Now I've got to go forth and help put it out. And it's up to them whether they take it, leave it, or what all they do with it. He went on again in Acts 26 and 16 and said, this is what Christ said to me, rise and stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. We have had some mess in our lives so that we can have a message. We have had some tests in our lives so that we can have a testimony. Aren't we going to tell somebody about it? Won't we share? That's how we give witness to the light. You know, if all I've ever done has been perfect, If all I've ever done is always made the right choice, am I sure I needed a savior? But if I know that I missed the mark and have missed the mark since I know him to be my savior, then I can give witness. I can testify. I can bear record. I can give evidence. I can give a report about what the Lord has done for me. Now, why is it that we are able to give witness to the light and do it in such a powerful way? Well, John the Baptist, by the way, he was the one that goes back to our primary text that we read on tonight. He was the one that was sent in an office of a witness and then also to bear witness that Jesus was the Christ. And this is what Jesus said of John the Baptist, because he did a great job witnessing. He went forth telling everybody. He went forth witnessing, telling everybody. This is what Jesus said of him. He says, verily I say unto you in Matthew 11 and 11, among them that are born of women, there have not risen a greater than John the Baptist. So what he's saying is up until this point, of everybody that's been born of women, ain't nobody greater than John the Baptist. But then he went on to say, notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Meaning those of us now who have received the precious gift of the Holy Spirit, he went on to say, greater works then are we to do. If John the Baptist witnessed and witnessed like nobody's business business, and witnessed without the gift of the Holy Spirit, how much more shall we do? Acts 1 and 8 says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So you and I, my friend, 
those of us who believe that Jesus is Lord, those of us who benefit from the salvation of Christ, those of us who have had some light shine in our dark areas, those of us who have benefited from the deliverance that God has brought in our lives, we then have a commission to go forth and give witness to the light, to share what God has done for us and certainly share the gospel. Now, as we go forth, we want to make sure that we're clear. We want to make sure that as we're sharing what God has done for us, we don't want to be like the blind man or the former blind man. We don't want to be like the one that says, you know, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. All I know is that he delivered me. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. We don't even want to be quite like the woman who says, is this the Christ? We want to be fully persuaded without a shadow of a doubt. We want to know that Jesus himself said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the light. You want to know what truth is? The word of Jesus Christ. He went on and said that that word is truth. And Christ himself came full of grace and truth. And he said to us in John 8 and 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so at the end of the day, as we're going forth, we want to make sure that our calling is true. There are a lot of great people who are renowned and they use words like God and God and God, but they may not be talking about the same savior that we're talking about. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord from glory. I'm almost at the point where I'm about to say Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. Yes, yes. Some people might say, you know, do you have to do all of that? Yes. I need you to know where my hope lies. It's a lot of people who believe in a lot of different things, but we are believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, the true and living God the one who was resurrected, the one now who is seated with all power and all authority, the one who went to prepare a place for us that where he be, we may be there also. This is who I'm talking about. So as we go forth and we give witness to the light, we want to make sure that we're clear about who we are and whose we are. It's all right to use the name Jesus because at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord. And so it's all right to be clear about it. We don't have to go generic. In these times, we need to be clear about where our power and where our hope comes from. And if we're running into any of our sisters and brothers who may not have this understanding, we have to do them like, you know, the saints of God did Apollos in Acts 18, 24 and 26. He only knew the baptism of John, but he was very zealous for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what did they do? They pulled him aside. And they explain the way more excellently to him. It says in verse 26, and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. And when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. They didn't knock him down. They didn't be like, you ain't of Jesus. No, they let their light shine. They gave witness to the light and said, wow, we know God done called you. Let us tell you the rest of the story. Because if you being this powerful right now, when do you get the rest of it? You don't show up be a big bright light. And then the other thing that I want to say is that as we go forth and give witness to the light, we want to make sure that we get rid of our prejudices. 
You might say, Jessica, what do you mean? Yes, yes, yes. Our prejudices. As I mentioned about these people who were witnessing the blind man, the beggar that nobody wanted to deal with, I'm pretty sure he maybe didn't have great hygiene. The woman who had been around sleeping with all, all sort of different people. This is a day and time where we now, these are God's people. They are the apple of his eye. He says, I love them and I died for them. And it is to be careful how you treat my, the ones that I love. And so at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we don't have all of those prejudices. You might say, I don't know if I have any. Well, Peter had a few. And he was the one who preached and thousands, thousands were brought to Christ. If Peter had a few, <laughs> we might have some too. And what um, God had to do was reveal the word to Peter because he had to show him some unclean animals and things of that nature in Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 15. Check it out when you get a moment. Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 15. And God had to say to him at the end, he said, you know what? Don't call anything that I have called clean, unclean. Christ does not see us, nor does he see those in a darkened state where they are. He sees them as to where they will be. God decrees and declares our end from the beginning. And so we too have to give witness to the light and be able to do just the same thing. Now in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Wherefore seeing, we also are compassed about with so great, but so cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So what is some of that weight? We've had a lot of teachings on this already. It's our prejudices. You said, what? Black people can be prejudiced too? Yeah. <laughs> some of our stereotypes. You know, some of our ways of thinking that maybe you've got to kind of be on my level or you've got to do what I do or the way we sometimes can be a bit judging of other people, not realizing that if it were not for the grace of God, we'd be right where they are. We've got to make sure that we pray the prayers like our bishop has told us to pray, creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Another, Psalms 146, teach me to do your will. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. We also have to say, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And even ask God, Lord, let your mind be in me. Because we understand that we also are made of flesh and flesh can falter. So we have to be constantly on guard, understanding that God is one that searches the intentions of the heart. He said in Jeremiah 17, 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. We want to know how it is, why we're where we are. Let's look at what we sow. We reap what we sow. So at the end of the day, as we're giving witness of the light, 
We want to make sure that we get our hearts right. We want to make sure that we know who we are and whose we are. And we're prepared to be very clear and upfront about that. We want to get rid of some of the prejudices that we have in our hearts and in our minds. And that we realize that God can, if God can save us, he can save anybody. And the church, in my opinion, is made up of people who've been delivered from lying, whoremongering, cheating, stealing. If we weren't delivered from so much, we wouldn't love God the way that we do. We know the story about Mary, who was taking the oil from the alabaster box and wiping Jesus' feet and with his hair. And Christ said of her, she's been forgiven much and she loves much. Well, I'm going to here to tell you, I've been forgiven much and I want to love much. And I've got to allow my light to shine so that I can love on others. First Peter 3 and 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. And when we're given our testimony, we, you know, you don't have to go and be a Bible total. When we're given witness to the light, you can do like John 1 and 1. They said, what we did was we told them what we heard and what we saw and how the word changed our lives. That's what we need to do. God calls us to let our whole lives be a witness. And it's not about witnessing only our beliefs, but also to our experience. Our stories include sadness, loss, alienation, mistakes, and it even includes failures. But they also include love, joy, hope, affirmation, growth, and transformation. In everything we do, we can witness to the way God's unconditional love has shaped us. In all the ways we behave toward other people, in the ways we choose to serve others, in all the ways we make sacrifices and give ourselves, we are witnesses and giving witness to the light. But the ways we act are only part of our witness. God also calls us to witness with our voices. God wants us to share our stories, stories that testify to the ways God's love, grace, and forgiveness have impacted our minds, our bodies, our spirits, and even our relationship. Every one of us is a witness. We can be witnesses to love, to justice, and courage, and to things that are far less positive, apathy perhaps, or even hatred. Your whole life is a witness, whether you intend it to be or not. I have to ask you, what are you witnessing when you don't know that you're witnessing? What are you witnessing when you don't know that you're witnessing? What are you testifying about with your walk, with your actions? What are you bearing record to when you don't even realize that you're bearing record to it? What are you affirming? And also what we wanna understand is that to be called to be a witness resounds like a drumbeat all throughout the New Testament. There's the famous passage from Matthew's gospels that say, go and make disciples of all men. And in John, Jesus says, as God has sent me, so send I you. And in the Gospel of Mark, he reiterates, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. It is God who's going to do the work anyway. So then neither he that planted anything, neither he that watereth, but it really is God that gives the increase. All we have to do is just give witness to the light. In John 4 and 34 in closing, Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes 
and look on the fields, for they are white, are ready to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth, another reapeth, but you and I both know it is God that gives the increase. We want to be like the people. We want to have it so that like this woman who at the well who went and said, come see a man who told me all I knew. The people came back and said, they said, well, now we believe not because of the saying of what Jessica said or what Kevin said or what Denise said or what Tion said, for we have heard him ourselves. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. For we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So I just want to say that as we know that we are the light and we're doing whatsoever he say, we want to give witness to that light. You're giving a witness anyway. Believe it or not, whether you think you're giving a witness, you're giving a witness because it's not just what you say, it's what you do. What are you witnessing when you don't know you're witnessing? Are you giving witness to the light? Or are you, there's something that I had in here. Or, or are we bearing a false witness? Are we bearing a false witness to the Lord Jesus Christ? Let us give a good report of him. Let us, let us be a good report. We might be the only Jesus that our neighbors see. Let us give witness to the light. And I believe that the Lord will return to us 30, 60, and 100 fold. Thank you so much for your time on tonight. You pray my strength in the Lord.